Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Nerd Soup. I'm Bo Oliver, joined today by Aaron, the Nerd Soup Monkey, and we are here to review episode three of The Mandalorian. Chapter three, The Sin. He's been a bad boy. What is the sin? Because you can apply it to a number of things. Yeah, there are multiple sins here, hmm. but I guess we're kind of searching for the original sin. And that is? The Phantom Menace. Oh, that's not, we didn't yeah, even. Yeah, look at that. We didn't even plan that. That's improv. Improv! Yeah, but going into this episode right away, uh, I think this is easily the best episode so far out of the three, directed by Deborah Chow, and obviously there's been her being the first woman to direct anything in Star Wars. That's and, incredible. Yeah, and she's doing uh, the Obi-Wan series. Oh, yeah, she's going to be the, yeah. the showrunner, right? So remember when that, that news drops, I think people are a little uh, pessimistic, like, oh, well, looking at back and like what she's done before, so anyone that was feeling that way, look at this episode, and I think we're in good hands going forward with that. Just to make a point about that for all directors, no matter who they are, race, gender, I hate when people complain that they don't have experience, because so many times in Hollywood they bring on a director... Joss Whedon is the big, biggest example of this. He did TV, then he jumped right to Avengers, Marvel's biggest movie. They trusted. I think they do their due diligence. I think they sit down with these people and get an idea of yeah. whether or not they can handle it. I mean, with like uh, such a big property, I think it's, you know. Like Star Wars is really riding on Kenobi. I know, but it's, I think fails. it's natural for people to be like, oh, there's a name I haven't heard of before with this character that I love. Let me see what they've done before. I'm not saying that's a reason to not be well they should get colin trevorrow he did uh, jurassic park <laughs> there you go that's a big movie <laughs> star wars fans you guys love him right well let's just go to the episode deborah chow bringing her own flavor to uh the star wars universe and you know people were comparing it to john wick going to the end of the episode when all the bounties get called on him i thought the same exact thing it reminded me right away yeah yeah i was like when he's kind of like walking slowly and they're all coming behind him that was awesome and obviously i mean this, well, this episode had a lot that I loved in it. And yeah. it's easily, you can see it's, I think the first episode is very solid and gave a lot of people hope going forward and it just kept, kept getting better and better over these last two episodes. So they keep this up all the way through by episode eight. It's going to be a masterpiece. Yeah, because it, yeah, it just keeps getting better. It's a, you, you could tell that once all the episodes come out, it's going to be so fun to binge yeah. the way that they're leading into each episode. And this one begins, I have to say, writing for Werner Herzog must be so fun. John Favreau probably just sits in his office with Werner's voice in his head because he's got such a great speaking voice. The yeah. German accent works so well. He, um... And they always give him big words, you know? There's a story that he... Contradiction. Well, he didn't know much about Star Wars, never watched the movies, but there's... And there's a story out there that when he saw the baby Yoda puppet, he started weeping. <laughs> like... that's, just, that's just like him. If you hear the stories about him, he was probably so moved. Also with that story, when they took the puppet away because they were saying, we want to shoot to get shots for if we want to go full CGI. Mm -hmm. Apparently he called Favreau and Filoni cowards. <laughs> it's like, no, trust the puppet. Trust the puppet. I love it. Well, that's, that's why his take on big blockbuster movies, when he said that, it's all cinema. And he's enjoying his time with this because he says they're bringing back the practicality of these big movies. They're shooting on location. They're using actual sets that it's not just actors in front of a green screen. And he, the guy's out of his mind. So you could tell that he's having a ball with this. When he brings Baby Yoda to the client and the doctor, he's just in awe of this thing. This man has no idea who Yoda is. He has no idea what the Force, the Jedi, the Sith. But he's playing it like he's a super fan, like yeah. he's a fanboy. No, that's why it works so well. And you could tell, definitely, that's one of the things we've uh, talked about these past two episodes. And again, with this one, it is the practical effects. It does feel like the uh, original Star Wars movies. It just 
there's something to that. And obviously, I love the big CGI. Well, not messes, but like Endgame spectacles. Look at that, yeah. If you will, CGI looked great. Yeah, but you know, different stories. I think this this the practicality lends to the story that they're telling here. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, with Blade Runner 2049, where everything was analog. But it's the same thing with Star Wars, where it's it's a very physical universe. All the future tech, it's like that new uh, Cybertruck that Elon Musk <laughs> unveiled. Uh, it's it's that's what the Star Wars universe is built like. It's very clunky and but also futuristic. About to cop one of those. Those look those look tough, man. Those look <laughs> like the Tumbler from Batman or something like that. <laughs> it does. Yeah, but that first scene when you, obviously he brings in Baby Yoda and they're examining him really close and people are theorizing what are they trying to do with this child. And that interaction when the Mandalorian asks him, what are you going to do with the kid? Right away, the client is pissed. Mm -hmm. He's like, listen, we don't do this. His best bet probably would have been to kill the Mandalorian right there. Yeah. I mean, he obviously gained a connection with uh, Junior over their travels together. It is, we we speculated that, like, he's, we don't really know much about him. But even in this episode, again, they have those flashbacks to when he was a child. And you could just see that maybe the innocence he lost along the way he sees in Baby Yoda. But his payment, that steel, the Mandalorian Valyrian steel, I think it's called Beskar. How much is that worth, you think? That's probably, he probably legit gave him like $3 billion worth of Bitcoin, and he turned it into clothes. <laughs> well, because um, Carl Withers' character, he flashes, he has he's two got of two, them. yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm fucking rich. I'm rich too, boy. <laughs> Good looks. And he had like 10. He's like, yeah. make me some armor with it. Well, I think he had some left over, so he probably made the armor. And then was able to take a nice long vacation after that. But the steel is, it's known for being resistant to blows by blasters and even lightsabers. Mm -hmm. uh, I read that a direct hit could pierce it, but it's a very strong substance. It is like Valyrian steel in this world. And when he's walking down to get the armor made, all the other men, I guess those are other Mandalorians, right? It's like they have a secret society within the guild yeah. of Mandalorian bounty hunters. Um, they're all jealous. And this is where you kind of get more into the backstory of what it means to be a Mandalorian warrior. Yeah, I mean, they have like their code, I guess, where they keep saying... Um, what is dead may never die. Yes. Make America great again. No. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Yeah, they definitely... And I'm surprised, like, they all, skipping to the end quick, they uh, helped him out. Because I kind of felt like they might turn their back on him. Because he did go back on this agreement. And they're kind of like Klingons, where they're fighting with each other but if you pick on one of us yeah then it's all of us against you fuck I, you so i kind of thought then maybe he would get kicked out and then we'd actually see his take take the mask off and stuff like that yeah i thought that could have been a way to do it but they seem to have his back and yeah that was a cool scene with the, the smith blacksmith yeah i guess so <laughs> whatever you would call him uh and the armor looked incredible yeah that shit the looks fucking black clean. and the silver mm -hmm. color scheming all over so he the just place. had that shoulder patch for a little you mm -hmm. know it's like having, like, nice-ass shoes, but then you know, the rest of your fit sucks. It's you know? such a video game, though, because even when he's it flying is. back and he gets the message from Carl Weathers, I guess that's what we're going to call him. It's like, great job, you know, come meet me if you need some more bounties. See you later, click. It's like, uh, hey, Mando, we got that new armor ready for uh, to make you new armor, so stop by the shop and we'll help you out. Yeah, he gets the costume upgrade yeah. as well. He starts with kind of the rundown costume. Still looks cool, but he got the upgrade. It does feel like a video game. Yeah. But I don't it's not a negative. I think it's just No, I think it's the, cool how the story plays out that way. Yeah. The story uh the the way that they're telling a story, it's I don't know. I, I guess other movies have kind of 
fallen back onto that template, but maybe this could be uh oh, it could open the doors for a Mandalorian video game one That'd day. Be sick. <laughs> because this story probably could have been told through a video game. You're not going to get as many eyeballs yeah. when it comes to Star Wars, but well, I think that comes too with the um I think we mentioned last episode that he's in every scene and we follow the Mandalorian everywhere he goes. There's no B plots. Right. So we're always with this character. So I think that kind of type of storytelling is just occurs naturally when you only do focus on, not just focus on one character, but one character's storyline. Okay, apparently this character's name is Grief Karga. I like that name. Good grief. <laughs> That's what he was probably saying when he went back to save the child. Good grief, man. We got our money. Get out of here. Very interesting interaction between Mando and Grief when they're discussing the Empire. The fact that People still believe the Empire is in control. He's questioning why is the Empire occupying this part of the galaxy. And he says, oh, go file uh, a complaint with the New Republic. And they refer to the New Republic as a joke. Mm -hmm. And we see that all the time, you know, in real life. These power vacuums that open up once a government is dismantled. What do you do next? Who's, who's there to pick up the pieces? And that's kind of what Leia was doing in Bloodline. They get into that, that the New Republic, by the time of The Force Awakens, is more formidable. But at this point, it's just not. It's almost yeah. like the Wild West in the galaxy. He asks, that, he asks him, like, what are they going to do with the baby? Like, what do they want him for? You think he knows grief? Yeah. He might be like high it. up enough. Yeah. Because he seems to be controlling the whole bounty hunting underworld. Yeah. So I like how they're all jealous, too, when he walks in. Oh, yeah. They were all turning their necks. How many necks do you think he snapped? Like seven? Blinding people with the bling? And even before that, that scene of all the bounty hunters, when he goes back to retrieve Junior. Ooh, great scene. Yeah. That's where you see where you put the Mando, the Mando. <laughs> you put the Mando up against other human beings, other bounty hunters, other killers that don't have any, that aren't giant rhinos or Jawas or Jedis. He's going to take you out. He's yeah. going to fuck you up. And it's pretty cool how he didn't just run up and just start shooting everybody. He kind of, that ring doorbell. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he took that out. He did the ding-dong ditch on him. And he kind of snuck his way in, and then he was kind of pretty stealthy the yeah. way he uh, handled that. It reminded me of Batman. I was like, this is murder Batman <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. What do you think they were trying to extract from well, that relationship, because we're cooking up a theory video as well, because that Camino patch from the first episode, and he's wearing it in this episode as well, that doctor and the client, and their conversation when Mando is spying on them, where the client says, he basically says, we have what we need, we can almost discard the asset. And the doctor seems to want to keep it alive. And even when Mando enters the room, he tells him, I didn't hurt him. And Mando questions what they were doing with him. I don't know, maybe they were copying his DNA, trying to study his anatomy, something with the midichlorians they wanted to say it's so bad but they couldn't jj abrams is is been bringing up midichlorians in interviews again i don't hate midichlorians as much as other people me neither i never saw what the big deal was but um and obviously with palpatine manipulating midichlorians yeah. to bring anakin to life people are connecting it palpatine snoke possibly ray is this how they made ray as a clone they just took yoda dna and made a clone of daisy <laughs> ridley <laughs> Uh, like, we're not going to make him look like Palpatine. We're going to make him a bit more good-looking. You know, Palpatine, it's <laughs> not much of a looker. Yeah, so I think they're either trying to, yeah, extract his DNA, his sample, maybe his metachlorians. That, I I thought maybe that could be a possibility that they, because they showed, like, those bars or whatever mm -hmm. when he was laying in. I don't know what they were trying to do, but maybe they found a way to extract the metachlorians. And now Yoda is not a Force user, which would make sense because I think my biggest question was if there's this baby out So take out his there power from him. That's so powerful. Why haven't, was he just, what is he doing now in this current Star Wars timeline? Right. He's just sitting back while the Snoke is uh, making the First Order, you know? Maybe he was one of Luke's students. 
that Luke eventually finds him and Kylo Ren kills him. <laughs> Imagine that Kylo Ren killed Baby Yoda. What's interesting too is also his birth because he was born 14 years prior to the Phantom Menace. Um, and the Republic, if you're born within the Republic, they know about you. They're able to pick you up very easily if well, you no. are Force-sensitive. I thought he was born the same time as Anakin. The prequel trilogy spans 19 years, then there's the 20-year gap. So I don't think it's it's been 50 years since Anakin's birth. I don't think Darth Vader would be 50 years old at this time. It could be, yeah, it's around the same time. But people have brought up the idea maybe he's a clone. Yeah, I've, I've Already? seen a clone. Yeah. I've seen... That's why the Doctor, he sees that he's also a clone, so... The Doctor's probably a clone. Oh, we're having like a Jurassic World yeah. 2 type deal? He's a real person. <laughs> like me. There's a lot of ideas to go in. And, that, you know, that's why you can watch our uh, theory video that's coming out. But that was a great sequence, him saving Baby Yoda. Uh, but this sequence, when all the bounties come out on this guy, it was so well directed. This was awesome. Was it they put the bounty on him or were there tra- uh, trackers picking up Baby Yoda? Probably Baby Yoda, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like everybody try and get this baby and obviously strong john wick three vibes yeah and walking around the city looking over his shoulder and when it gets popping off this man was just he was too nice well he had his weaponry he had i mean that vanishing gun well he had the the birds what they call them oh right yeah he uses those on the stormtroopers yeah that was awesome and then yeah he uses the other i don't even know what the hell that was but it looks like he was just shooting people into different dimensions yeah obliterating (laughs) he had that and yeah that whole scene was fantastic it's something that i probably wouldn't have expected especially at the end when all the mandalorians come yeah with their jetpacks like that's the coolest shit i've never known i wanted to see (laughs) i was wondering where his jetpack was well he says i need to get get one of those oh yeah yeah Yeah. right yeah and him kind of him versus grief you you could see that grief had a couple of shots there to maybe kill him but he kind of left him alive. I feel like they have like a connection that they've been through a lot of stuff where he even makes it a point. I I assume that he shot him where he saw, he put the, the plates right uh, earlier in the episode. Yes. So he didn't want to kill him. So he looks like he's going to be a character that becomes an ally in Mm -hmm. this fight. I was wondering if they were actually going to just kind of just send him out on different bounties. Oh, like he just gives them away. And yeah, I thought that would have been an interesting, almost subversion. Because you're you're always expecting him to go back and save. But it was a good way for... The Empire has what they want. They have something. Mm-hmm. They got something out of Baby Yoda. But now he's back in the hands of the quote-unquote good guy. So I guess you, you give something for the Empire. Now what happens to this child moving forward with this new guidance of, of Mando? <laughs> yeah, where does he go from here? You know, he kind of... I think he alluded to the other Mandalorians. They kind of have to lay low for a while. So it's interesting to see where his story goes. I know we talked about this the past couple episodes where we don't like that, even though it's part of the Mandalorian, you can't take your helmet off. And they say, I mentioned that earlier in the episode, but man, when they're trying to like convey an emotion and just like zooms in slowly on his mask, it's, it's tough. You know what? I thought it worked in the scene where it worked. they make it work. The ship. They make it work, but it's still, it's weird. You know when he takes the ball off the mm-hmm. handle? And yeah. It reminds him of when Baby Yoda was playing with it as a toy. <laughs> it's just this helmet. <laughs> they zoom in slowly on his helmet. It was such a beautiful shot that I didn't yeah. mind it. Obviously, I, I want to see Pedro Pascal. I don't mind it, and I think they do it well, uh, very well for what they're given. Like, he can't take his helmet off. We get that. So they're able to convey emotion through music and just the shot and context around it. But I don't know. I think actually seeing non-physical... Um, 
nonverbal acting would kind of add to those moments. Yeah. I, I wonder when Gina Carano's character is going to make her appearance. I thought she was going to be in this episode because she was kind of on the thumbnail. She might be an ally in the next his next venture. Her last name or, is Dune, so that's definitely a reference to Dune. Yeah. Cool little Easter egg. Or a bad uh, a villain, maybe. Who knows? And you, Also, we have Gian, Giancarlo Esposito coming in. And you assume Taika Waititi might come back. Yes. Uh, Esposito's character is described as a former governor under the Empire whose life changed after the Rebels destroyed the second Death Star. Yeah, I could see where his life might. <laughs> people forget about that. Those stories weren't covered. Yeah. Like, we're sorry we killed about 20 million people. Yeah, my dad was a janitor. <laughs> yeah, right? He was just there cleaning up Stormtrooper <laughs> poop. And you blew him to holy hell. Well, his, I mean, that that's interesting. That Getting that side from, we kind of got that in, um, what was it, Battlefront 2, where we see the perspective of the Empire. We see it in Rogue One as well that, you know, sometimes these people, Han Solo wanted to be a, an Imperial fighter pilot. So maybe he does have this kind of vendetta against the Rebel Alliance, Giancarlo Esposito's character. I mean, he's a great actor, so I can't wait to see him get in there. And He's very good. I mean, we only got him in Westworld for like a scene. So yeah. I feel like he's been underused since breaking. And well, the no, boys. He's, he's in Better Call Saul. And the boys. That's right. Yeah. And Star Wars and Marvel have a reputation of underusing big time actors all the time. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he gets, he gets his moment to shine. But yeah, I mean the, the, it's really up in the air as to where the Mandalorian's going to going to go. What's his plan for this kid? Yeah. What now? You think we're going to see Max von Sydow's character in, at all in this? Cause it looked like he was some sort of explorer or possibly a bounty hunter. Maybe he's a Mandalorian. See a younger version of him. Maybe. I kind of just toned you out for a second because I was thinking of maybe Baby Yoda putting on a Mandalorian mask and he's just a baby Mandalorian that walking be, around. That would be fucking but adorable. But it's too heavy, so all of yeah. his, you know. He's like one of those little football playing kids. Yeah. He's like, the helmet's too big. He's like a bobblehead. Yeah. Stability's off and he maybe tumbles down. Mandalorian, you know, he bullies him a little bit, just taps the helmet and he falls. <laughs> but he didn't get hurt. It's cute. Nah, it's good pay. Max von Sydow's character. proof. <laughs> from The Force Awakens. Yeah. The old man that Kylo killed. Uh, obviously, he he knows Leia and Luke. He's got connections to the Force. He knows Kylo. He knew him from when he was young. Mm-hmm. So if you have a Force-sensitive baby, it looks like he maybe he was a Mandalorian. Maybe that's the guy you go and visit. Like I said, Mandalore is it Mandalore? Yeah, I think that's what it is. They had a connection with the uh, the Jedi. They were very much in the in the fray. So I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, there's endless possibilities, I think. I mean, I, for one, didn't think it was going to be this, not connected to the other Star Wars Star Wars movies, but having a Force user, user that's a baby version of the most powerful Jedi, it's a pretty it's more than I thought we would get. It's pretty big, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty big connection. So I kind of thought it was just going to be its own thing separate, where it's just the Bounty Hunter series, but now there is connections to the lore that we already know, so they could double down on that, and it could just take us somewhere we never even thought. And maybe actually have connections to uh, the sequel trilogy or something. I don't know. Yeah, and obviously it is fan servicey to put in a character based on Yoda as a baby with the merchandise. Everybody loves him, but it doesn't feel like such a left field idea. Like they ran out of ideas and they were like, hey, let's throw in baby Yoda. It seems like they have a purpose for doing this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I mean, you said that before about Star Wars and they've shown that. Nope. No purpose, no plans, just, hey, baby Yoda. Hope that doesn't happen. But I, in a way, I hope it does connect in with the the movies, with the overall saga. Well, with fan service, I'm always like, you know, I want to see something new, do this. But once I get the fan service, I'm, I'm like, give me more of that shit. Sometimes it's bad, though. 
I'm like, a fan. Um, Service me. You know when uh, in Rogue One when they're walking in the street and they see those two guys from A New Hope yes. that uh, picked on Luke? Yeah. <laughs> so what, are, what are the chances of that? It's so stupid. Ah, I like Or R2-D2 and C-3PO. Where are we going now? This doesn't feel like that. Though. No. <laughs> I like those scenes. That's good. Well, we're off to a uh, three and three start. Yeah. One thing I don't like is that they don't uh, give us a little trailer for the next episode. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. They probably give away everything since the episodes are so short. That is very true. <laughs> Giving away a quarter of the episode in the yeah. next on Mandalorian. I didn't mind it in this episode because it was just so good. But I kind of like, I always just like that little tease for next week. Yeah, it's a good one. But whatever. Next week on The Mandalorian. The new Friday, characters, new fr- adventure. The Friday morning thing is, I'm liking it. Oh, I love it. Wake up, pop on. Only thing I don't like about it, though, I like it for personal reasons. I just kind of wish there was like a set time. Everyone watches it because you watch it in the morning. People have work. They're not going to watch it until later that night. There's no conversation as you're watching it, but that's fine. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I like most about weekly television as well. It's that you're in the midst of the show. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just come and go where everybody's watching it on their own time. I guess you have that because there isn't a set release date, but with binging, you know, you watch it on your own time, then it's over. Mm -hmm. But with the week to week, there is that kind of weekly discussion that everybody's going to have every weekend because of the new information. Well, it seems like it's always fun. It seems like naturally, I guess, take place, I would say, like two days after the episode. That's when you just start seeing people on the timeline talking about it. And it doesn't seem it seems like everyone's caught up by then. Yeah, because, I mean, Game of Thrones season eight was so controversial, but it was just fun to be in the middle of season eight week to week. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Mandalorian. Looking forward to next week. Bryce Dallas Howard directing uh, second female director for Star Wars back to back. That's interesting. That's an interesting choice because that's another individual. Obviously, she's been in plenty of movies. Her dad is Ron Howard, but I don't think she's directed a major motion picture yet. So what a way to get your first break. <laughs> no, I'm excited to see the next episode. I think that each episode does a great job of keeping you wanting to come back more. Yes. What's going to happen next? Baby Yoda going to die? Hope not. Am I going to die before next episode? Hope not, because I want to explain it to everybody. Maybe. All right, well, I'm just going to lock myself in a Bacta tank. A what tank? Bacta tank. What's that? Is it Bacta or Bacta? It's that tank that Luke was in when he's all messed up in Empire. Said I'm going to fill it with Powerade, though. Going to Tauntaun. (laughs) I don't think you knew it. Keep yourself nice and warm. (laughs) Just keep myself nice and warm? Okay. 